I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my partner, Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 234th episode of our weekly therapy session that we like to call Investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk markets. We're going to talk uranium. We're going to talk gold. We're going to talk about what we're investing in. A couple of disappointments out there. A lot of great stuff going into September. It's conference season. My Cubs are three games out of first place. Life is good. Mr. Hodge, before we get into all of that, how goes you, sir? When I saw that the Cubs were making a comeback, I'm forced to follow the Mariners here because that's uh, the local team. They were in first place for a couple of days um, after coming from uh, several games back, but I think um, they're not in first place anymore either. Um, it's a good week. I had a, 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 an IPO from a, a private company I'd been holding for uh, two years or so. So that's always good when you get that uh, monetization and conversion event where it's no longer dead money, but is um, listed and the market can start valuing it properly and, and had a takeout on the on the speculative side of things when I uh, woke up this morning. So those are always nice press releases to wake up to. Um, Let's, so good uh, week. How are you? That's awesome. I'm I'm fantastic again. I couldn't be happier with the way the Cubs are playing. Um, we have a wild card spot in the playoffs. We're three games out of first place in the division. We look great all the way around defensively, pitching wise. Um, we called some young kids up from AAA that are going to come up and lend a hand for the stretch here in August and September. So no, things are going well on the personal front. Things are going great on the business front. Really excited. I'm, I've said it all summer. For post Labor Day in September, I think there's going to be a flurry of activity, and let's get right into it. You talked about uh, the company that finally listed after you know holding it for a couple of years, and I thought you know that presents a really good opportunity to talk about private placements and why. Although sometimes, and you and I are both you know benefactors and victims of this because we're sitting on a lot of private deals that have taken a lot longer to go public than we wanted to. Um, but you know the, the the upside to doing that can be pretty lucrative and 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 patience really can be rewarded in a, in a very profitable way and so I don't I don't I don't want to get into the name if you don't want to get into the name but I would love to get into the situation and 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 the specific price points and the gains that you've made on you know two days of trading essentially thus far after holding it for two years because I think you know you were kind enough to let a, a buddy of mine in on that placement I should have written a check um that sector is in my specialty so I I, I did not but Congrats to you. Can you speak to the process and what the hold times are like sometimes when it takes a little bit longer and, and why those are often worth it when the company executes? It's not my specialty either, Gerardo. I'm just a generalist blind squirrel stumbling into nuts over here. Um, <laughs> and it had a good share structure and um, good properties and and people that I was familiar and, and comfortable with. So sometimes that trumps the um, the commodity um, and the asset. I mean, they all get scores, of course. They all get weighed into the the decision. But um, the, the share structure and and the, the people and the the stage at which the deal is in is um, very important. So it's it's an oil deal. It's um, a Canadian oil deal uh, looking to exploit some assets via multilateral drilling, uh, where you go down a couple of hundred meters and then you can bore out horizontally with with uh, in several different directions. Um, and there's been some success in, in various Canadian oil patches over the past couple of years with um, that technique. And as you know, oil has um, 
been relatively strong, um, you know, in the in COVID and 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 since running to a hundred and then pulling back to sixty some, and now I'm going back up to eighty five. So a good environment for um, the energy, uh, oil plays, etc. So um, anyway, it's a private deal. We 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 financed first the ten cents. It was early in in twenty twenty two with no warrant, and then uh, they did another round at, at twenty five cents, and and that came with a half warrant at. 50 cents for five years. So we got the five-year clip there. Um, uh, and that was a couple of months ago ahead of their, their current um, listing, which happened via, um, uh, you know, going into a capital pool company. They had their qualifying transaction, um, uh, which was, you know, emerging with this oil company. So listed this week, and it's been, you know, just over 30 cents on on pretty good volume. And that's with that 10 cent and 25 cent paper being free trading. So um, a three bagger right out of the gate. And, and, and obviously that's, you know, good to, to have multiples of, of your money. Um, but it's nice to see, you know, that liquidity, uh, available too. You know, I keep spreadsheets, obviously I, you know, track of these investments, <laughs> and look at them and, and we have you as well. Um, but, but me too. And, 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 and members of the, of, of, of Hodge family office, private Intel I've gone into a couple of deals in the past few years that have haven't gone public for whatever reason, but mostly, you know, market conditions. We, you know, we don't think the market's right. We're going to wait or whatever. I um, mean, they start to add up when you can't access that money, right? Especially if, you know, part of your system or your process is is turning over previous deals, you know, selling shares, taking gains off the table or whatever to then reinvest into um, new deal flow as it comes across your desk. And um, it becomes a kink in the chain when, when some of those deals, um, you know, uh, stay private for longer than you had expected and you can't access that uh, capital. Right. So I'm um, good that it came public and it comes public at a, at a decent time. Um, like I said, with oil back at, at 80 or 85 bucks and, and I did plan on talking about this company and then we can say the name. It's fine. It's the resolute resources. It's called, um, and it'll be drilling here at the end of September and, and should have results out in, in late October or early November. And I saw you had oil on the on the sheet as well. It's it's a weird time. Like oil is bullish and um, it remains so. And I have this play and I told you, I think last week or the week before that I had recommended um, oil stocks in, in foundational profits. And at the same time, like, um, you know, growth continues to slow. They revised Q2 GDP down to... I think 2.1%, uh, I think it was. And so um, things remain sort of um, at odds with each other as far as oil being bullish with, with sluggish growth. But um, I don't make the rules and it, it, it seems like it's a good time to to be in an oil stock. So I look forward to, to those results. I'm looking forward to that as well. You touched on energy and you touched on oil. I think it's a good opportunity to talk about China briefly. We talked a few weeks ago and I mentioned how Yes, there likely is, obviously has been weakness in the Chinese economy over the past several quarters. Mainstream media is just finally starting to kind of call that out. And they're looking ahead as if the worst is yet to come. I'm looking at it as if the worst has already happened. And in the reason being what I tried to articulate a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, that being that China is just so much more nimble than we are, right? And we're already seeing and I'm writing about this in the next issue of Junior Resource Monthly, so I won't get into too many details, but we're already seeing what the playbook is going to be. And that playbook is going to be the Chinese government doing what it always does, which is getting as creative as it can to stimulate its economy. And they can do that in a number of ways that 
you know, other governments just don't have the capacity or the bandwidth to be able to do. Um, number of options, they're firing from multiple angles. I don't think it's a coincidence that both copper and oil have perked up here over the last week and a half or so. Once China started kind of telegraphing to the market that it is going to take an aggressive stance to stimulate their economy. They cut rates. That was a surprise. They've showed a willingness to continue to cut rates, continue to cut rates, despite the fact that the U.S. is raising rates, which again presents an interesting conundrum and no coincidence that capital is flowing outside of China and flowing into the U.S. and that dollar is catching a bid, which is why it's pushing up against that 104 level again. So a lot there, but I, I, I would caution those China bears that believe the worst is yet to come to at the very least dig, as I am, into into the numbers and what they can do with 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 their real estate sector, how they can incentivize, you know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the vehicle purchases that they're looking to transition into, specifically electric vehicles. Also, not a coincidence. I don't think that the lithium price looks to be bottoming here at these levels, as you discussed last week. So a lot there. Anyhow, your take on oil and copper and the price performance, despite bearish supposedly news from China and you know uh, an economy here in the U.S. that. Um, isn't all hunky dory by 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 any means? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I think that's a pretty good short term analysis, and um, you're right. There's a lot there. I was, and for the record, I have no position in 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 China. I, I tried to buy it on the on the the, the reopening on the rebound that everybody thought was going to be strong, and then wasn't, and 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 sold out. And so I'm sort of just watching right now. Um, what I want to say. Yes, I think that they can um, stimulate. Yes, I think that's why copper is, you know, drifting back up to 480 something, wherever it is. Um, excuse me, 380 something, not, not, mm -hmm. not 480 something. Um, but I think that um, it's that's a short that's a shorter term um, view. Um, and it, I say that because I think that. We've had positive GDP growth here in the U.S. for the past couple of quarters, which means we're not getting a recession this year. Um, I think Q3 is also going to be positive, the quarter that we're in now. Um, and so that really means we're not getting a recession this year because you need two negative quarters. So that pushes us out to, to Q1 at the earliest. Um, and I think that uh, growth in the U.S. is going to tick up. Um, in this quarter. So I think that's what's uh, giving a bit of a tailwind to oil and, and also simultaneously um, copper. But then I think that, um, and that's why I think that what you're saying is good short, short term uh, analysis. But I think past that, that into Q4 and Q1, you really do get that slowdown in the, in the, in the U S which the um, yield curve says is still coming and which we're starting to see, um, uh, a, a tiny bit of in the in the jobs market. We'll learn this week when when non farm payrolls come out. But um, uh, and then the last thing I'd say is sort of separate from everything I just said is that you know I've seen this movie before with China, right? China's layman moment. It's, it was going to collapse. Their growth is done before um, you know 2018 or, or whatever the year was, um, and, and it and it wasn't. And so. Um, I, I'm, I'm trading cautiously for now. And I think I've laid out pretty clearly that I'm more bullish on energy in the short term, um, and more bullish on, on, on copper in the longer term. Once we get past this, um, blip of, of growth here in Q3, the slowing growth in Q4 and Q1, and then 
um, back to, I think, more sustained type of global growth in, in, in 2024. I think that is an excellent analysis on that situation. We got to talk uranium. Kudos to you. You've highlighted it, you know, for the last three or four weeks. We talked last week um, at length about the uranium spot price just hit a, I believe, a 14-month high. Looks to be flirting with potentially, you know, uh, a, a new 16-year high. If it can break that 64, 65 level, but looking really, really good. The equities have bounced back over the past week and a half. We've said repeatedly, with the uranium space, the moves are violent to the upside and to the downside, right? When you get a, a $10 drop in the spot price, you're going to take a 40 to 50% haircut on your position. Um, but but the opposite is true when you pick up a couple of dollars, as we did this week, right? With a lot of the equities up 20 30%. Thoughts on the uranium space since you were the one calling for that a couple of weeks ago, and I believe almost a month ago, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you know, I would say in the long term, still a, a lot of upside left to go. Um, in, in the short term, you might have to digest some of these gains in the, in the uranium spot market I'm talking about. You mentioned 64, 65. Um, yeah, there's no real uh, resistance uh, stopping it from going there. But, but then, yeah, it's going to be a violent move, which I, of course, would love to see. Um, maybe I'm a bit of a, a beaten dog from the, the past couple of years, but I would assume uh, you get a, a consolidation um, or a digestion of the, this uranium spot price move to, to $60 a, a pound, which um, came rather quickly. Those last couple of dollars were added pretty fast. Um, and, and so I, I don't really have a, a lot to add on the uranium, like you said, we went through it in 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 depth last week, and um, I've been writing about it to, to subscribers. They know what the um, levels are, and it's uh, certainly bullish. And so, um, the only other thing I'd say is something I said last week is that the last time uranium prices were this high, the the uranium stocks were much higher, and so yep. um, despite them having a good couple of days here. Um, they could have uh, much more to the uh, upside left to go if they're to reflect um, the same sort of, um, you know, whatever ratio or leverage that they reflected in, in early 2022 when we had this run um, to, to near $60 uranium. Let's talk um, overall indices. The NASDAQ just suffered its worst month of 2023. Um, I, I think, you know, it ties in well with, your analysis of the overall markets, right? You want to touch on the overall indices a little bit? Yeah, so you had the dollar rates that that strengthened uh, precipitously. We were talking about the, the dollar earlier. And um, typically when, you know, you get a dollar move like that and a rate move like that, it it it, it puts a, a lid on gold. And, and it did to some extent. Um, gold, you know, we, we, we talked about this, went down to the low end of its range in the, in the high 1800s, just below uh, 1900. Uh, but what what those rising dollars and, and rising rates really did in August, um, and they turned around in, in mid July and, and went straight up until like this week, um, was put a lid on stocks. Every single uh, sector of the S and P was down for the month of August, except for um, energy, and it it, it put an um, uh, abrupt halt to the to the rally that the the, the broader market had been seeing. Um, even tech stocks, um, you know, which are now looking uh, to be decent shorts again, only being uh, buoyed really at this point by um, Apple. And so 
Um, it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of months, right? Because as I say, we're we're sort of in this transition period where um, you don't get a you don't you don't get a Fed meeting in October. Where we're pretty sure they're not going to raise rates in um, September, and so um, the market isn't trading. You know. Uh, Fed induced, it's sort of trading on its own merits, which aren't really good. Like the underpinnings, the, the fundamentals, as I've been saying for um, well over uh, a year now. And the reason um, that the that the that that the you know the bulls keep pointing to is is a strong consumer, right? Um, there was even a headline in in Bloomberg this week that said, "and <laughs> credit card debt." credit card debt is a trillion dollars showing the strength of the consumer, right? And so um, I think that that strength that the consumer has been showing was, was borrowed. Um, yeah. It was, it was, it was put on the credit card and, and, and now those bills are coming due. And as I mentioned uh, in this podcast before, um, delinquency rates are ticking up um, not just on mortgage mortgages, but uh, not just on credit cards, but on mortgages as well. And so, yep. If the if the consumer was the the one buoying the the the, GD, the scant GDP, I should add the two percent GDP growth that we had, um, and the third quarter is going to be their last hurrah before um, payments come due again on on student loans, et cetera. Then I'm not sure what the next thing is that's going to keep um, the stock market up, right? Because we know that earnings aren't great. We know that industrials and manufacturing aren't great. We know that business owner sentiment isn't great, and so um, you've got sort of new housing and you've got sort of the, the consumer is still standing and if the consumer goes away that, um, I think that pretends, uh, a, a, a return to the bear market for the, for the broader indices. I like it. I like it. Spot on again. Uh, you want to talk gold technicals again in the face of a, a higher dollar, a strong dollar holding up really, really well. It hasn't done much, um, of anything. <laughs> different than what it did last week, but I was impressed last week that it held up as well as it did right at the 1940 level. Looks beautiful, well, beautiful well, technically to me. Um, I fear I'm a broken record, but uh, the same. Saying, what else to say, right? <laughs> to, so, but I'll, I'll spin it a little bit. So, I've been saying to buy the dips in gold, right? And the dips in gold are to, uh, you know, 1875, uh, just below 1900. And the rips in gold are to, um, you know, 1950 to, to 1980, something like that. Um, and it, what I did this week was sell some gold because, um, if you are going to buy the dips, the only way to monetize that is to, is to sell the rips. And I think we might be a bit range bound more than we already are because, um, of this back and forth from the, the fed, right? Like I think the, yep. I think the, the inflation is reinflating. We talked about oil at 80 yep. or $85. Like that's going to start to show back up in the CPI. Right. Yep. And then, and then Jerome is going to be like, oh no, like we're not letting this like going to get away from us. We're going to hike again in November. And that's why there's scant chance of a rate hike in September. Uh, but we're over a 40% chance of a rate hike now in, in November. And so, uh, the the gold doesn't like the the rate hikes, right? And so I think that you know we're drifting back up to that higher end of gold's range that we've been talking about now, but it's going to get pushed back down um, when we we start seeing the, these higher inflation numbers um, manifesting. And so that's why I took the opportunity to 
um, sell some gold. And there's a lot of ways to do that. The way I did it this week was by selling a development company. Remember a couple of months ago, I yep. told you I was buying development companies on the dip. Artemis Gold, for example, we yeah. voted 475. It hasn't done anything but pause construction because of wildfires. And it <laughs> broke out north of $6.40 this week because of that rise in gold, right? From gold going from the low end of its range to the high end. So we sold our shares. We're not married to it. They're not going to be in production until second half of 2024. We simply use the that cycle in gold, the bouncing from the low end of the high range, to, to get positioned uh, in Artemis and then to, to sell when there was liquidity at the high end of gold range. And so, um, kudos to myself if I don't say so. Uh, if I don't say so myself, it was actually a similar percentage win to to the to the to the psilocybin buyout, to the to the psychedelic stock buyout in much shorter amount of time. And so, um, selling is contagious. And and now I got the selling, but now I got the selling bug, but. Uh, really, no. It's it's just taking the the buy the dip and doing the other side of it, which is the harder part to do is is sell. <laughs> I, I I agree. And speaking of uh, speaking of selling and buying and timing and fires, um, you know the way my brain works. James Bay, it's 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 game on in James Bay, right? The fire bans have been lifted. The restrictions have been lifted. Um, the companies that were still on pause, right? Patriot had got back to it a few weeks ago, but there were a couple of other companies in the area that were prevented from getting back to their exploration programs. Those are now active programs. Once again, the market has responded in kind. And I think the, uh, I think the fall and the winter is going to be an exciting one. It'll be interesting to me to see how much exploration, um, you know, the ones that I'm watching are actually able to execute on, but I'm excited for that. We had a, a very, very good conversation with, Patriot Battery Metal CEO Blair Way in an interview that we did for Resource Stock Digest here this past week. And, you know, there were there, there was a lot to digest there. It was a, another 25 or 30 minute interview. But look, the bottom line is other than the naked shorts and and I understand that that, you know, is likely um, going to persevere as long as it can persevere. But I also understand that um it's probably not something that can't be solved. And I'm sure there's discussions being had um, by many in the space. And the reason I say that is because I've had personal discussions with some of the largest shareholders, right? I mean, without getting into how many shares that I have, you know, there's a group of us, four or five of us that have, you know, a significant amount of shares that, you know, add up to millions of shares. But there's another group, you know, that has double digit million shares, um, the kind that can do two things for you. The kind that can really advocate for something like a delisting from the exchange, um, the one that's allowing the naked shorting, or at the very least, turning a blind eye to it. Um, and and then the other thing that that group can do, you know, aligned with other groups that have smaller but significant blocks of shares like ours, is prevent a hostile takeover. And Blair was real keen on and off the record to not comment at all on what, if any, discussions are being had about the delisting, but he didn't deny it and he didn't say no, right? Um, he just simply, as, as a, any responsible CEO, um, didn't want to get into it, which I respect. Um, the other part of the thing that really encouraged me was he was clear. You're not going to be able to come in and buy the company in a hostile takeover at 20 bucks or at 25 bucks, it's not going to happen. And the reason it's not going to happen is because the groups that have uh, the majority block of shares won't allow it. One, 
Two, for anyone to establish a position that could facilitate, you know, potentially a hostile takeover, you're talking a good 20 to 25 million shares. And this he said in the interview. And if you're not going to be able to buy those through a financing, which you're not because the company's cashed up and you're going to have to buy those in the market, well, go look at the average volume and go figure out how much of that is selling and, and, and then figure out how, how what you would do to the share price if you came into the market and slowly but surely try to get a 20 to 25 million share uh, position to then initiate a hostile takeover. So that was music to my ears. I love that he addressed it. Um, it, it was a very good technical release. I mean, there's four rigs turning, seven within the next two weeks, 10 hopefully within the next couple of months. Um, 100 meter step outs at CV5 uh, on the western side, a rig on the eastern side. CV9 appears to be their favorite target that they're going to have a rig on here in the next couple of weeks as well. And by all indications, by by what Blair said publicly, um, it sounds to me like they're stepping out and hitting it at CV5, which again, they drill 10,000 meters. Um, they have $150 million. He wants 10 rigs by year end. We're going to have seven within the next couple of weeks. And look, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of ways to make money in this market. You could be long, you could be short. It, it, it's, it's, it's full of surprises out there, folks. I'd rather be on the long side, but hey, everybody's got to show up to the arena, right? That's a new metaphor that gets kicked around. You, you show up to the arena and you decide uh, how, how you want to do battle. I'm doing it from the long side. I'm not in a hurry to sell my shares. I'm not in a hurry to sell the bulk of my position. I know what my target is. It's the same target it's always been. Nothing less than 40. And if I have it my way, it'll be north of that. So my advice to be absolutely clear and my recommendation and 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 the 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 major, major shareholders that I've spoken to, their advice is to delist. What the board thinks about that, what Blair thinks about that, I I I I couldn't tell you. I'm not privy to it, nor will they comment on it as they shouldn't. But um, I, I like the major shareholders stance and, um, we'll see. We'll see. I think it's going to be a fun September, October. I'll say that. Well, I'm firmly <laughs> in, um, Patriots court as a, as a shareholder and, um, one with, uh, three kids with private school tuition to pay. And so every penny higher makes the tuition um, at least seem more bearable because I, I haven't done a lot of selling either. So let's go Patriot. Let's go. And uh, again, kudos to, to the major, major shareholders, right? Again, we have significant blocks of, of, of shares, but you know, not enough to, 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 to really, really, really lean um, on, 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 on a position or a stance, right? Enough to articulate one and voice it and at least have it be heard. But it's, it's comforting to me to know that, you know, the bigger elbows in, 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 in Patriot, um, have similar feelings and sentiments. So let's see what happens with that. Should be fun. What are you watching this week, Nick? Um, gosh, my kids oh. go back to school is, is the main thing with buying some uniforms and stuff this week. Um, did some selling this week. I told you about Artemis. We had the, yeah. uh, the psychedelic buyout, which I haven't mentioned. So uh, I'll do so here. We've been in a company called Mindset Pharma since 2021. Really the leader in the, the junior space, the junior biotech space for, for psychedelic pharmaceuticals was the only one to have a partnership with a, um, a major top 10 pharmaceutical company. And, um, that company was called Atsuka. It's a Japanese pharmaceutical company, and they happened to acquire Mindset today for um, it's like a fifteen percent um, premium. I think over the past two weeks, VWAP and like 
a 50% premium over the past 30 or 45 days or something. It was an 80, $80 million deal. Um, we made something like, like 45%. Uh, it's just been, a, it's been a tough slug in that space over the past um, couple of years. Cause it gets tied in with, with marijuana and marijuana has had a, a really tough row to hoe as it continues to um, languish uh, in the Senate and, and Congress with no movement from the legislative or executive branches on the, um, you know, uh, deregulation or improving of the, the banking environment. And so um, shares of mindset had gone down. They were at yeah. um, 50 or 60 cents and went down all the way down to as low as, you know, uh, 16, 17, 18 cents where we were buying them up. And uh, averaging into our position and and I was telling people I was a, a buyer down there and I was in the open market because we never did a placement um sorry it's a long answer to what I'm much no, 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 that's what I asked uh, it's exactly what uh, I asked but then you know um the the Japanese firm just decided to buy it out they must have been making enough progress on the the family of of drugs that they you know licensed that it just made sense to, to take them out and so you know fine one less position in in the portfolio it's an all cash deal so I don't have to wait for shares um and 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 just done with it so I've done a bit of selling uh, I guess was the point I was making sold Artemis sold mindset because of the acquisition um will digest that for a bit as I said no fed rate hike so um just going to take a, a, a breather for a second. I've got a September issue uh, to write here, the, the week of Labor Day, a monthly issue. And so that's normally when um, the macro side of things comes into focus uh, for me. But um, uh, for now, keeping these kids in school and uh, getting these kids back to school. And I was going to tell you about the um, Egyptian Zambian plane, if you, if you want to hear about it. I mean, who wouldn't want to hear about an Egyptian Zambian plane? Yeah, come it, on. it involves... Fake gold bars, guns, millions of dollars in cash. I and, read and this. Hun- and, and hundreds of bullets. Oh, so you saw it. <laughs> yes, the um, movie's going to be amazing, but please right, so provide the context um, for those that aren't aware. It's a fun little story, except probably not for those who are involved. Um, <laughs> so there's a private private plane registered in, in Egypt, an Egyptian private plane, um, goes to Zambia, a Zambian airport, um, with um, some Zambians and Egyptians on board and um, millions of dollars in cash. We don't know how much because the number keeps changing because folks are busy stuffing their pockets with it. Um, so it works. was like 11, $11 million. Seems like the Egyptians were going to buy gold from the, the Zambians. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not an expert on these things, but the, the, the articles I was reading were saying um, it's, officials high-ranking egyptian officials military officials officials who are unsure um, that the government is going to be able to sustain itself in egypt they fear it's going to collapse and they want to get their money out of the country so they've been putting the money on this private planes they're one of the theories is that you know this plane has done this trip hundreds of times with tens of millions of dollars each time um to use egyptian currency to buy the gold bars uh, from zambia right uh, take the gold back to, to Egypt, yeah. bring cash back and do it again. You got it. So um, this time, for whatever reason, the plane lands, the guy who has bribed, you know, the security at the airport to walk through the airport with gold bars, goes on the plane with his gold bars. Um, they start making their deal and security forces rush into the plane. And um, except no one's really arrested. They start bribing the security forces with the cash, right? So like deals are getting made on the plane. 
And so I'm like a second team of security forces goes in to like stop the bribing of the first one. And so anyway, that's pretty much kind of where the story ends. That's all the, the pertinent details, except that at first it was like 11 million and then it was less than that. And then it was even less. So money is definitely disappearing. People are definitely being bribed. The gold bars were fake. That's the last main detail. They were um, like sure. copper and tin and zinc or something like that. Um, and so just a, a fun little story. Like you say, there'll be a movie be made up. But, um, you know, in a larger sense, you know, made me think that, you know, the lanes people are willing to go to to still use gold and cash to, uh, to secure their way of life, right? And how this does play out in the real world with currency fluctuations and uh, the strength of government and, um, you know, sentiment and, and all that sort of stuff. So definitely cash still being smuggled on planes to, to buy gold, which I'm sure everyone out there knows. What a world we live in. And man, humans, why are we so predictable, man? It's um one day, one day I have my uh, updated uh, copy of The Fourth Turning. And so I am looking forward to digging into that. I am I am finishing that book that I said I needed to get done. So <laughs> getting that out of the way diligently. And uh, I, I, I can't wait to to get into it. I'm supposed to remind all of you to go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe to never miss the updates and market commentary amongst other things, right? The tons of talented editors, each with their own viewpoint, each that watch different quarters of the market. All of that insight is absolutely free. It's on the house. It's not sponsor paid content. It's just our thoughts on the markets, trends that we see and then, of course, you can go to digestpublishing.com if you're looking for some of our paid services. And you can go to Resource Lock Digest if you want sponsor-based, sponsor-paid exclusive content with, you know, interviews with some of the best CEOs, brightest CEOs, and some that turn out to not be the best and the brightest, but that maybe have a good story on their hand and, you know, a story worth telling that provides us a shot on goal at maybe making some money. Either way, that that site, Resource Stock Digest, um, is, is a great, great vehicle for due diligence. And yeah, I'll take the information and uh, do with it what you will. Anything to add to that, Mr. Hodge? It's always a new deal right around the corner. Always a new deal right around the corner. That was the old saying in real estate, the deal of the decade comes around every month, right? And so <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's how it goes. I'm, I got three deals in my inbox right now that I'm looking at. So anyhow, I am Gerardo Del Real. It's been a blast as always, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was the 234th episode of our weekly therapy session that we like to call Investing in Bizarro World. Have a great September, everyone. I think it's game on in the uranium space. I think it's game on soon in the precious metal space. I think it's game on a little bit thereafter in the copper space. And I think it's game back on with Patriot here in the next couple of weeks. We'll see. Say some words for us, Nick. Send us off. No, that's it. Have a good month, everyone. See ya. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.